Welcome to season two of the In Plain Language podcast, presented by Malti the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books. I'm Kelsey, your host, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to share free language, speech, and learning resources from top experts across the nation with you and your family. Malti the Blue Tiger dual language books are available worldwide in English and Spanish and English and French. Get your copies online through Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, and many other retailers. We are on a mission to help every child learn that their voice is unique and powerful. As a parent, you've probably seen plenty of workbooks touting how they'll boost your child's reading comprehension skills, or maybe you've even talked to their teacher about the topic. But why is everyone so concerned with reading comprehension? Reading comprehension is a building block of learning, whether a child is learning in their native language or learning a new language. In simple terms, reading comprehension is understanding and interpreting the meaning of a text. And it doesn't just apply to chapter books or classic novels your child will read when they're older. Reading comprehension begins when your child is reading their first picture books, using visual cues from the illustrations to support their understanding of the text, interpreting the meaning of a story, and understanding the outcomes of a character's actions. This comprehension is a building block for success in reading and other subjects, no matter what language your child is learning in. Erin Coleman is a Spanish teacher in Massachusetts who has been teaching for eight years and runs the Engaged Spanish Classroom, a blog and Teachers Pay Teacher shop. Erin teaches Spanish as a second language, primarily to high school students, but she has tutored younger students as well. For her, reading comprehension is a crucial skill because it makes another language more accessible to a child than even speaking to them might. To me, whether you're learning your first language or a new language, I think a lot of the um, important features and like the, um, the principles kind of overlap from one to the other. And I think reading comprehension is important because it's one of the first exposures that you have to this language, whether it's your native language or your second language. Um, of course, you've heard your native language a lot before you start reading it. And when you're studying a second language, though, reading can actually be more easily accessible to students. So if I stand in front of my classroom and I'm talking to them in Spanish, it doesn't matter, you know, for my Spanish one students, if I'm speaking really slowly, if I'm using a lot of cognates, um, those words that go back and forth between Spanish and English, they look the same, they sound the same, they have the same meaning. You know, it doesn't matter so much what I'm giving them when I'm speaking because they're still gonna feel a lot of pressure. They're gonna feel like I'm going very quickly. They're going to feel very nervous and anxious. And so I do, of course, provide a lot of audio input for them and I am speaking to them a lot, but the reading is almost more beneficial because they can have it in front of them. They can go at their own pace. They don't feel as anxious. And I think it's actually one of the better ways to expose new students to a language. Um, and build their confidence without overwhelming them. So as I said, I could stand up there and speak and use really basic vocab and go slowly and review, but I feel like for many students, hearing it and not having control over the pace can be very overwhelming. So to me, reading can help you make one of those first big connections with the language and give you confidence to move on to the more of the listening, the speaking and the writing. And I think that that happens in your native language, even though 
you have full comprehension already before you're reading, um, I still do think it's really helpful for them to be able to go at their own pace and build their confidence. Of course, a big part of reading comprehension is vocabulary. There are a number of ways you can build your child's vocabulary at home without making it feel like homework for them. Perhaps one of the easiest ways to do this is to simply read together. A study from the Ohio State University found that young children who are read to five times daily, and it's okay if books are repeated, will hear nearly 1.5 million words by kindergarten, which will boost their language development and reading comprehension. You can also pinpoint new and familiar vocabulary words with your child in selected texts and discuss both. One easy adjustment I would say is if you if they're having trouble with the vocabulary, if it's a reading you know from school that they're already doing, um, you could turn any reading into a um, I think a lot of people call it like a rainbow activity, a rainbow reading, and you could have them highlight um, you know any familiar words you see you can highlight in pink. And then any unfamiliar words that are in here, why don't you highlight them in orange? And then at the end of the reading, you talk about it with them, but you also make sure not to only talk about the unfamiliar ones. You wanna give them the opportunity to talk about those ones that they're really proud, that they remembered and that they recognized because you don't wanna skip the successes. You know, they, they know all of those words that they marked in pink, a lot of times as teachers and as parents, we might be like, okay, great. Those are the ones, you know, I don't need to talk about, but that's not true. Talk about those ones and maybe talk about similar words because your student, your child is going to feel really great about those words that they marked. So take that, you know, confidence boost and kind of use it to connect to other words. And then also, of course, talk about those words that they highlighted in orange and you're not really adding um, work. If it's an activity that they were already doing, you could, of course, you know, add an extra activity specifically for this. But I think it's really good to do with any of their um, classwork or schoolwork because they might not have the confidence to admit that they don't know what something means unless part of the instructions is, hey, I know that there's some in here that you don't know. How about you mark those for me? Um, if you think your child has the vocabulary, but maybe they're not confident enough to use it, you could always try a speaking game like the game Taboo where um, you know your child has to describe a certain word. So like, let's say the word was telephone. They have to describe the word telephone, but they can't use the word call or talk. So you might hear your students you know, start to use the word, oh, you use it to communicate. Um, and then in this way, they might kind of reach into the depth of their brain and pull out words that they do know but that they might not have had the confidence to use um, in their speaking or in their writing. And um, again, it's just all about building confidence. So we just have to get creative in ways to do that and to get them to use what, to feel confident to use what they know. When you're reading together, you can ask several questions that boost your child's reading comprehension and also help you determine how well they're understanding and interpreting a given selection of text. For instance, you might ask, what types of words do you think best describe this character? Maybe they're brave, stubborn, or curious. Does anything in this book remind you of something in your own life? How do you think this story would be different if it was told from another character's point of view? What might be a different ending to this story? Or how could the characters have solved a problem in a different way? These thought-provoking questions strengthen your child's sense of perspective, point of view, and critical thinking skills. 
they also give you the chance to talk about the book after you've read it, which involves extra textual vocabulary. That means you're repeating some of the vocabulary used in the book and related vocabulary you normally wouldn't use in everyday life. Let's say giraffes or ostriches or conflict. This also strengthens your child's language and ultimately reading comprehension skills. There are a few other clues that your child may be struggling with what they're reading, says Erin. So I would say the first hint to me if a student was reading something that's too difficult for them is if they are shutting down or completely avoiding it and looking for excuses to not do the reading. So in my classroom, what that looks like is, can I go to the bathroom? Or, um, oh, I forgot, you know, I don't have my iPad or I don't have a charger, so I can't open up the reading. Um, and then, you know, if somebody offers a charger or offers another solution, the student seems disappointed rather than relieved that they have another way to access the material. So if a student is shutting down and at home that might look like, you know, if a, if a parent has arranged a certain reading time during the day, if the student is really giving a lot of pushback and avoiding that designated time, um, you know, I would say that maybe what they had been reading or what they think they're about to read might be too difficult. Um, and that maybe adding in some student choice or um, I know it's, you know, child choice, I guess, if it's at home, but adding in student choice can really kind of bring them back in. And it's okay if it's something that is sh on the shorter side. I mean, I think a lot of times when we think reading comprehension, we think that it has to be long passages or it has to be a novel or a chapter book, um, you know, for the younger students. But for me, if I have a student that seems like um, you know, they need some extra support or they're not motivated or what we're doing is just, you know, it is too tough for them and they're not ready for it. It doesn't have to be that long passage. I mean, if I give them a menu from a Spanish restaurant with Spanish food, them reading that menu in the target language is still reading comprehension. And if they're able to um, look at a map and point out certain street names or decipher the different building names on that map, that is still reading comprehension. Um, if they have comics, even if you know they're really short and they're just narrated at the bottom in quick um, bursts, that is still reading comprehension. So um, a lot of times in class, I'll find advertisements for houses and have students find, you know, out of these three, which one would be your dream home? They're pulling out vocabulary from those listings. There, there are full sentences, there's descriptions, there's lots of different vocab that they've seen before, but they don't really realize that I'm making them read. And I think that, you know, if a student is having trouble and seems like they've kind of hit this barrier, it's time to kind of take a step back and maybe try a different approach. And even if you think that it's something that might be, you know, oh, that's too easy, I don't, I, I don't think that exists. Um, especially if they're learning, you know, nothing is too easy. If you have them reading, then they're reading and that's great. It could be um, a recipe if they're cooking with you. It could be music lyrics. Um, you could find a magazine. Um, it, you know, it could be anything. One simple way several parents and teachers determine the difficulty of a given piece of text is by using the five finger rule. Have your child open a book to the first page and ask them to hold up one finger for every word they don't know or can't pronounce. How many fingers they have up by the end of the page will tell you if the book is too difficult. So while two to three fingers may mean the text is just right, four to five fingers may mean it's too difficult or best read aloud with you. 
As Erin mentioned, as long as your child is reading, they're building their reading comprehension skills. Even books with lots of illustrations like graphic novels or picture books can be helpful because they support your reader as they analyze and decode the text. Plus, kids usually love these books, so they may be more eager to dive in and keep reading. Yeah, absolutely. Graphic novels. There's also, I mean, I think a lot of people hear fan fiction and they assume that it's not uh, valuable. But honestly, if your student or your child has read a certain book that they like, um, if you look online and you find a blog that is fan fiction about those characters, you know, what that is, is they're taking the characters and they're writing, um, you know, expanded stories about their lives. And your child might really like, be inspired by that. And then they might even be motivated to write their own. Like if they love Harry Potter, maybe they read fan fiction about what Hermione did when she was older. I would read fan fiction about Hermione teaching classes. I mean, yes, I'm a teacher and yes, I love Harry Potter, but that's a very niche example for me. But um you know, just things like that. I think that parents can absolutely find things with visual cues, but also just find things that they might not have considered before just because it's not traditional. That doesn't mean it's not valuable. And it might take something like that to really bring their child in um, and be inspired to maybe not only continue reading, but maybe even writing a little bit of their own, which would be awesome. It's also important to be a reading role model for your child at home, which may mean picking up an extra book from the library yourself or taking a little time away from social media at night. The smallest change that you can make that I think would make the biggest difference in your child's life is for them, for you to let them see you reading. So um, if you are asking them to read, you know, for the same 30 minutes every day or the same 45 minutes uh, before bed, I know that, you know, we all have very, very busy days. I know that especially right now, there's so much to do balancing working, many people working from home and feeling like you're teaching your students from home. And, um, you know, I know that there's a ton to do at the end of the day, but if you can sit down and it doesn't even necessarily have to be in the same room, but if your child knows that while they're doing their 30 minutes of reading, if they kind of peek through the door and they see that you are in the living room and you're reading, you're not on your phone, you're not watching TV or Netflix. To me, that shows the value in it. And I mean, honestly, it's a good habit for us <laughs> to make sure we still read and take time for ourselves. Um, but in that way, you're taking time for yourself and doing something that you probably haven't given yourself time to do lately, but you're also setting a really, really good example. And then another step I would say is to while you're reading during the day, I would try to bring your child into that action. So if you're reading the paper, you could like call them over and show them an article that you're reading and point out something that happened nearby. Like, oh, look at this apple orchard just opened and, you know, pointing to the article and the pictures, you know, why maybe we should go. And then your child is reading over your shoulder without you really, without them really noticing that you're <laughs> making them read. You know, they feel like they're being included in an activity in their reading. Um, you could, if you're cooking, you could ask them to help you read the recipe or read the steps to you as you make dinner. You could drive around. I know, you know, some places are still closed. We can't go to all of our normal places, but if you could drive around and kind of do an alphabet search, even in like store names. So like, okay, we're looking to see how many A's we can find in, from this parking spot. You know, look around, how many A's do you see? Um, you know, I just think there's so many ways to 
participate in the reading with your child, with your student, that can really help motivate them and let them see how much they are reading and how much everybody reads on a daily basis in your normal life. And at the end of the day, the most important thing you can do at home to strengthen your child's reading comprehension skills in their native language or another language is to build your child's love and interest in reading, which may mean they choose what they read or you read together as a family as often as possible. The main thing to focus on is building um, connection and motivation and building their confidence. So if that means finding um, you know, fan art, fan fiction about a book that they've read that they already liked. If you can find a little spin-off of that, then that's great. If you um, can get them reading, but you're worried about it being a little bit too easy for them, I just want you to know that that's okay. For today, that's okay. It's still a win if they are reading, if they are reading something, and then you can tackle maybe the more difficult one tomorrow. But I don't want parents to let um, you know, let a little hiccup or let worry of it being too easy, let that, I don't want them to let that waste the opportunity to read today. We're all learning at our own levels and our own paces, and you just have to keep them confident and keep them engaged and paying attention um, and wanting to be there and wanting to read. And if you can get them, if they want to read, you are winning. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of In Plain Language. If you'd like to support our podcast to continue reaching families with speech and language resources, please visit the link in our episode description. We'll talk to you soon on the next episode.